Hi, I'm Andrea. And I'm Laura Lee. A few months ago, we met randomly and hit it off, only to discover we had spent four years of our mid-twenties together at the same university, getting the same degree, in the same exact class, and never got to know each other. Since then, we both have lived some life. We changed cities, got married, had kids, only to find ourselves once again in the same place at the same time for a second chance at friendship. We invite you to listen in as we explore how life can be better with friends. Hey, Loralee. Hi, Andrea. How are you? I am good. How are you doing this week? I am doing much better because my cat came back. <laughs> the very next day, everybody sing. The cat came back. Does everybody know that song? Is that just a Canada thing because Ooh. of like Fred Penner? Because Fred Penner is Canadian. True. Didn't, I, oh, no. I was thinking, wasn't it on The Muppets? Didn't they? But no, I think I was thinking of a different song that The Muppets would have done. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I anyway. bet you it is just a Canadian thing. I guess if someone is not from Canada and you know that song, drop us a line. Yes, that would Let be good to know. know. Anyway, Oliver was gone for two nights. He came back um, about, like, I don't know, I estimate about 50 hours after he got out. He was unharmed. He uh. was he was not concerned in the least that I missed him or that he <laughs> caused angst. So very cat-like. Very, very cat-like. Yeah. So I'm very, very, very relieved. And so I told my son that he had been gone for a couple of nights and he was like, Mom, you had one job to keep him safe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, cats are going to cat, right? Like, if they want to get out, they'll probably oh. find a way out. So, anyway, he's unharmed. He, like, yeah, I'm really glad he wasn't injured because there's bobcats in our area. But oh, he's totally. back. And coyotes and all of it. Yeah. Oh, Wildlife. such good news. Such yeah, good I know. news. Very okay. excited about that. I just wish we could find out what happened, you know, does he, does he have a little sweetie on the side somewhere, you know, he moonlighting, maybe he's making a bit of extra cash that he can be contributing to the household income, you know, (laughs) that'd be helpful. I came up with a, with a product idea of a collar cam for, um, for outdoor animals. Mm. just you know like a little camera that just sort of records what they do and who they see and all of that stuff that's good can you imagine if he had that on and he did have a run-in with a bobcat or a (laughs) coyote or something like here's poor sweet homebody oliver maybe like he's a real gangsta out there i doubt it I it's really doubt it. About, isn't it? He's like, just, I mean, yeah. When he left, he put on his gold chains. Maybe. Maybe he you has know, a completely alternate personality. Motorcycle sure. jacket. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and that's why we couldn't find him, because he was in disguise. He was in disguise. Uh, it's very annoying. Anyway, that is an update for that. And uh, I'm still, I have three concerts left of the Pirates of Penzance. Nice. I have one tonight and two on Saturday. 
so that is almost done and then I can settle back into my routine of not being so busy (laughs) (laughs) just in time for summer that's great I know I know how are you doing the renovations continue yep our master ensuite is the project du jour or whatever du month is in French I don't know du mois Du moi. Ooh, that sounds so French. Okay. Duolingo, baby. Uh-huh. I tried learning Spanish on Duolingo, which maybe isn't the best idea because I don't know anyone really who speaks Spanish, so I can't mm-hmm. practice it with anyone, but it just seemed like a easier language to learn than some others. Okay. I don't know. I was in French immersion when I was in junior high. So uh-huh. I used to be fluent in French, and then I went to an English school for grades 11 and 12, and I don't have any French friends. So mm. it was like, mm. and then after I went to Paris a couple of years ago, I was like, I really want to learn how to speak French better, because I can understand it better than I can speak it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I can understand it written, but I can't really speak it. Okay. And usually people who are fluent in French speak quickly, so then yes. I can't catch the words quick enough. That's true. That's true. I'm sh- and there are translating apps now too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, So it's not necessary to speak another language, but for me, it's just more of a personal, personal improvement thing. Absolutely. I was yeah. learning Spanish more for mental health stretching. I don't know what you would call that, but yeah, well, brain health. Yeah, That's brain health. It. And you're learn. you're, I mean, yeah, learning new things is important part of being a functional adult, I think. Yeah. Um, so the renovations, how are, how are they going right now? Well, so the ensuite has been mostly gutted for a few weeks now, but yesterday the toilet came out. <sighs> so now the push is really on to get things moving in a forward direction but right, most because... of the plumbing is done in there now okay so we need to get the tiling in we need to get all of the new fixtures like the vanity and the toilet they'll have you bought those fixtures yes mm. they are sitting they've been sitting in the garage for a while <laughs> we did have a back order on tile though so okay. we are waiting for two weeks and that needs to happen first yeah, we don't want to have like the tile people come in and try to start doing the tile without all of the product here. I think that would just be a bit of a waste of time. So yeah, we'll true. get them in soon and then things will progress. But That's right cool. Now, yeah, just a big mess in there. Mm, well, yeah, it's a process, right? Mm-hmm. Although I feel like this is our third bathroom. We're getting kind of good at it. <laughs> you know? Well, third, you, yeah, you would hope so. Third in a year. So one thing I wanted to bring up is I had a comment from a friend of mine who was listening to our podcast, and I think it was the first episode I had mentioned having an electric eraser in school. (laughs) And she's like, Andrea, what the heck do you need an electric eraser for? I was like, oh, yeah, people don't really, if, if you're not. I mean, if you if you didn't draft by hand in right. the, you know, mid 90s and before, then you would have no idea. But 
So for anyone who's curious, and even if you're not curious, I'm going to tell you anyway, an electric <laughs> eraser is, it's basically a rotary eraser that is electrified so that you don't have to erase by hand. And you can have, you can use little shields so that you can get very um, specific over the part that you want erased. Mm-hmm. And, or if you make a mis- like a huge mistake, it really saves your arm it's really just annoying to erase a lot of stuff. So, and if you're drafting by hand, there's a greater chance that you will have a mistake. I mean, if in AutoCAD for computer drafting, you just hit, you either hit undo or you select everything and erase it, but it's a little bit different. I don't know that I had an electric eraser now that I think about it. It's possible you just didn't make as many mistakes as me, but I think I just wanted it because it was cool. That's not possible. But I (laughs) I think I just didn't. There were so many things to buy when we were in interior design in university. Like the weekly budget was probably $200 that felt like we always were running to the store to get paper more like specialized paper specialized markers everything specialized it was so very expensive you'd use things once and then it'd be like that was our watercolor (laughs) really we couldn't have between the whole class just bought one watercolor kit like we had to each go and buy oh yeah. You know, I still have one of the watercolors I did when I was in school. It's actually in my kitchen because I really like oh. it. Yeah. I don't remember seeing that. I'll have to, I'll have to come by. <laughs> I think it was behind, it's behind the microwave and the microwave may or may not have been piled with stuff. <laughs> oh. So it was hidden a little bit, but. I remember doing a watercolor series for our watercolor segment or lesson, whatever yeah. we would call it. With Cal? No, uh, I will not name the woman who made my life miserable, <laughs> but maybe you can figure it out. I think she was the head of the department at the time, but I could Oh, I had a class with her. And... I thought because I like to enjoy or like to inject a little bit of fun into some of the projects where I could. Yeah. And this one, I thought we could have a little fun. It's just watercolor. It didn't have anything to do with architecture exactly. It was just getting used to the medium and having fun with it. Right. I thought or so I thought. And I also don't remember the instructor actually teaching us much about how to use watercolor I could be wrong but I feel like it was very light on the instruction and heavy on the exercise so I did a a trio of still lifes mostly radishes if I remember correctly I had some hairy (laughs) radishes growing in my fridge and I figured (laughs) I would use them so I can't remember how the title of the the trifecta was but it was probably like radishes one radishes two and then twinkle toes is what I remember naming the third one and when I got my marks back she just said it was an unfortunate use of watercolor (gasps) unfortunate (laughs) use of watercolor ouch I know (laughs) (laughs) like that's that's just mean yeah 
yeah, that was sort of <laughs> my whole impression of her as a person. Fortunate use of watercolor. It wasn't like the pictures were bad. They were, I mean, I may not be the most objective, but I thought they were lovely pictures. But well, I guess maybe, maybe she's just anti-radish. Maybe. No. <laughs> I understand she want what she wanted was them to be more watery looking. Okay. You know, where you get your paper wet and you put the watercolor down and it kind of bleeds and it is sort of heavily pigmented in some areas and faded out watery in others. Okay. I kind of use the watercolors more like acrylic paint, I believe, is the situation. There was water involved. I did, you know, maybe the background was more traditional watercolor. Wow. But considering she hadn't really expressed that's what she was looking for, I guess I didn't really understand that was the objective. Well, and also there's different ways to use watercolor. I yeah. mean, you still used watercolor to make your radishes. Exactly. And I thought, how close-minded of you to tell me how to use a medium? It was, I don't know, whatever. Wow. Unfortunate. Anyway. You know- Yes, I had an unfortunate experience with one of the professors as well. It happened after we graduated, actually. Oh. And for one of the jobs I was applying for, they asked to talk to my references. And I didn't really have any specific interior design references because, you right. know, I'm you just, just out of school. Right. And so I, I put one professor's name down and he gave me a horrible reference <gasps> and he con- he confused me with another student because he oh. said that my assignments were always late and I'm like my assignments were never late like that was oh. that was my friend who we hung we hung out together she always handed in stuff late or like just in the nick of time so it was really like I was I was really upset about that that I just felt so wronged you know, I'm like, uh, but it wasn't even me. I can't even remember what happened after that. But I think I might have written an an, an email or, or written a letter at that point. I can't remember. Um, just to the teacher. Or, I don't know if I did to the teacher, to the department. Anyway, it was. Um, wow. Yeah. It's just those those experiences like 20 years later still makes me upset, you know. And you mm-hmm. still remember the exact words that she used to describe. <laughs> it's true. You yeah. know what else always used to happen to me in interior design? I would sit with Lisa because we were both S's. And inevitably, I would leave the room to use the washroom. And one of the professors, we could have been working in studio, like all working on our own things quietly. Yeah. Maybe the professor is coming around and just critiquing things and giving pointers or whatever, but otherwise not really a lecture time. Yeah. And when I would come back, there would always be some huge news that happened while <laughs> I was gone. Like <laughs> typically in relation to a project extension and I wouldn't know. And then I would work towards the deadlines and no one would realize I was missing during that announcement. So it got to the point where they would tell me, maybe you should go to the bathroom. We could really use an extension. (laughs) Or I'd come back and I'd be like, what did I miss? What happened? 
what's the extension? So, oh, that's just crazy. Wow. So not everybody went to school for interior design. What? What? I know. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I actually feel pretty happy for most of the people who missed out on that experience. I did not enjoy my interior design years I, in school. Yeah, I didn't love it either. I think I honestly, I think I should have chosen a different path. Whoa. Yeah, I've. I've thought that for a lot of years that if I hadn't chosen interior design, it would have just spun me off in a completely different tangent in my life. Wow. What would you have done? I don't know. I I really liked my sociology courses mm. and my psychology courses. So something, I don't know, something like that, maybe a psychologist. I mean, now, I mean, everyone's, People are saying, oh, you can still do that. Go back to school. And I'm, I'm like, I have no desire to go back to school right now. I, I just, I just don't. And to be a psychologist, there's a lot of certifications and um, associations that you need to be a part of and stuff. And I, I just, I don't have any interest in doing that right now. But I do think that I chose interior design at a point in my life where I wasn't really prepared to make a lifelong decision on careers. <laughs> you know well i feel too that this the education that we were provided which frankly oftentimes was non-existent we really did have to learn on the job because 100 was not much useful information given there no we both took courses after our degree so that we could be employable Exactly. And yeah. without those courses, we wouldn't have been able to get a job. So right. anyone who comes to me now and they're like, my child would really like to go into interior design. What would you think? And I'm like, well, don't go where we went. Yeah. The program has changed, though, now. Oh, that's good. Now it's a master's degree, though. Like you can't, oh, get, a, you can't get a bachelor yeah. of interior design anymore. It's only a master's of interior design. Which is just a whole other thing. I don't even want to, you know, get into. Eight we years. don't have to get. Into, yeah. You no, could be I, a doctor or you could get paid almost minimum wage being an interior designer. Hmm. Yeah. With a master's degree. With a master's degree. <laughs> like, that's not okay. I wish Crazy. there would have been some more talk about salary expectations. Yes. That would have been good. Yes. But I had to take an AutoCAD drafting course afterwards because... There's no, there's no place that would hire me if I wasn't able to draft. And that's even with your fancy mechanical eraser, forget it. Exactly. That, yeah, it wouldn't help. No, no one, no one was hand drafting. No one. Well, actually that's not entirely true. My first job, I worked for a very small firm and my boss did do a bit of hand drafting on residential projects. Okay. But I'm not entirely, yeah, I guess he did do AutoCAD as well for other things. Mostly that's what he hired us for, but he enjoyed hand drafting. And so for a residential project, it was sort of relaxing for him. Okay. To, that's fair. To sketch it all out and to do hand drafted things. Yeah. But yeah, it, Certainly, you could not get a job without AutoCAD. No. They weren't teaching that. No, that's true. Mm. That is true. What other kind of jargon do we have as interior? Because we share that. We yes. share that history and that job experience. I'm just wondering if there's anything else. That, well, we talk about renovations 
Like we talk <laughs> about your renovations probably from a different perspective than um, some other people might talk about reservations renovations renovations that's the word because yeah, we understand I... a little bit about the process and um the project management of it all and all that stuff absolutely i do think too that commercial design has perhaps a bit different jargon because you're talking to more industry professionals and the client often is someone who is in charge of the budget of the project but they may not have the emotional connection to the project I much prefer commercial interior design because of that because it's it's a little bit less personal yeah and there are there not all the time but most of the time there are you know budgets to stick to timelines you need to you need to hit etc my my last interior design job which was uh, like seven years ago we did do some small residential stuff and Mm -hmm. I did not love it I didn't hate (laughs) it but I did not love it I barely liked it (laughs) (laughs) I just find it so nitpicky it's like yeah like it's just too nitpicky for me there's too many options like, do you know how many options there are for, like, residential carpet oh. and stains of hardwood? Like, come on, give me a break. <laughs> just because you can have that many options doesn't mean you should. But it just makes me cynical because it's all about money, right? People, right. I mean, it's all about the industry making money. And there are that many options as well from a commercial standpoint. But... I think when you're designing commercially, especially if you're overwhelmed with a bunch of projects, which typically is the case, you pick your favorites. You kind of have your mm-hmm. favorite brands that you like to work with. And companies that you've had good experiences with because exactly. you don't want to. Yeah. So it does help to narrow things down a little bit. Yeah. I think residentially, though, it's just, and I found it even with our own renovations that since we're almost starting over in this house I mean it's it's Mm. fine but we are (laughs) we are updating every room with paint at least and probably flooring down the line and then of course all the washrooms and eventually the kitchen so there's a lot going to be happening plus we oh here's jargon for you okay Boob, boob light yeah I know what a boob light is yeah I don't know that a lot of people know that that is actually an industry name (laughs) for it okay so we will explain just in case Um, a boob light is typically a builder basic light fixture that is ceiling mounted and has a decorative metal finial nipple that holds it to the ceiling that's what you like you yeah there's a rod and then the the light bulbs and then they're hidden by usually a glass shade of some sort that is round yeah and boob like and then this metal nipple kind of screws and holds it all together yeah so that actually is what they're called by pretty much everyone Although sometimes when you mention that residentially, people will be a little shocked. That's what they are. And if you need some, I have about 60 that we're trying to get rid of. 
can you even give those away at this point? Not really, though. No. I don't think no. so. I'll just put them on a on the street in the summer when we have our free giveaway time or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are doing basically a, 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 a complete reno of your building. And I don't even own a drill. Wow. Do you have a yeah. screwdriver? I have a screwdriver. I have several. I think I know where 50% of the screwdrivers in my house are. <laughs> Do you know that a drill is just like an electric eraser? <laughs> uh, same Very technology. similar concept, except <laughs> opposite. Right? <laughs> I, am, I am going to go out and buy myself a... Um, a drill because I've, I do have some small renovations that I can do myself. One of them is putting up my handrails to my staircases that were taken down when I moved into this place five years ago because <laughs> we were painting and I haven't put them up yet. Wow. You don't really need handrails. I mean, okay. It's a building code issue, whatever, because it's okay. Okay. So what happened was we took them down to paint fine and then I was like oh I want new ones because these are just builder grade ones and they're kind of just basic yucky and why don't I get some nice new ones and then I went and I looked at like nice new handrails and I'm like oh I don't know and so my indecision has led has my indecision has led to inaction basically Mm. so I have it on my think list of things to do And it's not going to cost me a lot of money. I'm just going to probably paint the ones that I have. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just paint them. I was fine. Just paint them, make them a fun color or, or not, you know, fun color, but it's all you need to do. And I also have a return air vent that the the vent cover came off. Mm. And so it's, it, yeah, I haven't put it back up. <laughs> I'm surprised Oliver hasn't been hiding it. Maybe that's where he went. Well, actually, Lily, my other cat, when she was a kitten, she got, she went down into one of the vents. She got in there and I, I was able to, to get her out, thankfully. But I was like, what's that meowing? Where's my cat? Oh, <laughs> she's in the basement, sort of. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. And a little creepy, yeah. I think. If you were in the basement and you didn't really know where the meowing was coming from. Yeah. Oh. oh, cats. So, did you? Speaking of school, yeah, because you you lived outside of Winnipeg. Yes, I grew up in Swan River, Manitoba. Right. So, when when you were in university, you moved to the city, and was that your first time living outside of this out of the small town? Yes, and it wasn't too hard of a transition, I don't believe. I had the good fortune of being able to live with my sister for the first while. Mm. And well, actually, that's not entirely true. When I first came to the city, or when I graduated high school, I went to Bible college in an even tinier town called Otterburn, which is just outside of Winnipeg, about half an hour, maybe. The Providence? Yes, but it was so long ago. It was called Winnipeg Bible College at the time. I think my sister went there. Really? For like a semester. She did not enjoy it there. So that didn't last very long. Oh, shoot. I loved it. But it was very small town. Yeah. The town basically is the school. And I think there's a post office. That's it. So I was in dorm and 
loved it, loved the experience. But then also because my sister worked out at the school, I would go home with her on the weekends and live in Winnipeg on the weekends. And so I guess I kind of got my, my. You had a transition time. Yeah, it was very gentle transition. Did you get a degree from there or a certificate Mm -hmm. or a diploma or whatever they did? Well, (laughs) I, I may have gotten a certificate, but I don't think I officially got anything because at the time they were not accredited. Oh. And at the time, I was thinking I was going to go into business school or get a business degree. Right. And so anything that I would have learned there wouldn't have transferred to a university anyway. So I I wasn't really hung up on ensuring that I had all of the right courses to get a, a certificate of any kind. I just took things that were of interest to me and your general first year type courses. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Now you can have things, you can get a business degree from there. You can get any other kind of degrees from there, but uh, at the time it was not an option. So then I went to U of M and I started out in the, you know, the first general year university thing yeah, and had a really negative experience with calculus. And that kind of kiboshed <laughs> the whole business plan <laughs> because I, uh, I needed calculus to get into that. Okay. So then I was like, what courses or what, what career could I have where you don't need calculus? And interior design popped up. Well, that's good. That's how that happened. Interesting. And you, where did, what kind of growing up experience did you have? Well, I grew up in Winnipeg, so I've always been a city girl, Hmm. I guess. Yeah. Well, I lived in Red Deer for a couple of years, and it's not not really a small town, though. I mean, it's smaller than Winnipeg, but it it was still basically a city. It was a small city. I was living at home when I started university, and then my dad moved because he got married, uh, because this is after my mom died. Right. So we had, I had a little bit of, I had, well, a little bit, a lot of like (laughs) turmoil and trauma happening during those years. So when my dad got remarried and they moved, I moved with them and I don't think I stayed there very long. I think I might've only been living with them for a couple of months before I moved in with a coworker and her husband. They had a room for rent and I was like, I'm out of here. See ya. (laughs) So I rented a bedroom from them for, I can't remember how long I was there, a couple of months. And then those two split up and me, oh, and, man. Uh, me and the wife got uh, an apartment together. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it worked out. It worked out really well. We, we lived together for quite a few years. We, she was a great roommate. Huh. Um, yeah. So, but, and that was closer to university as well. So, so it was a little bit of a savings that way as well. But, and then I'm, stayed in that apartment then she moved because she got married and then my sister moved in my sister and I were roommates for a while we've both lived with our sisters yes how did did that go for you um it went good from what I can remember I don't remember anything bad about it and I only say that because it seems to be the negative the negative memories that really stick to you right so yeah, I think it, I think it was good. We had a good, I mean, we were both, no, she was working full time and I was a student. So yeah, it was good. We yeah, had, we was, got a cat, you know. 
that is exactly my sister experience. We lived together. Well, actually, she already had the cat. And then she got married and I inherited the cat because her husband was allergic. Was he actually allergic, do you think? He was allergic as a child. Or, or, and I'm Mm -hmm. not saying this is the case, but he may have said he was allergic as a possible out to end the relationship. Now that's, (gasps) that's me being super cynical. Wow. (laughs) I don't uh, think he's that devious. So no, I am no, pretty okay. sure that <laughs> you believe well, him you know, that he was allergic I, and that I he believe. is no longer allergic. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what happened when, cause you lived with your sister. So what happened when she got married or did you leave first? Did you get married first? No, she or... got married first. And okay. then I had a series of not great roommate experiences. Mm. And so, I decided that I was just going to live on my own because, uh, yeah, it's just who needs the drama? Oh, so much drama. Uh, and I was kind of worried when I got married that I wasn't going to be able to handle living with someone again, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. So you lived with your sister. Yes. And this girl who became your roommate yeah. until she got married. Do you have any, like, what's your most either embarrassing roommate story or annoying one? Annoying one. You know, I, my roommates have been mostly, mostly had good roommates. The one that really sticks in my gut, though, is I had a roommate who used all of my paprika. I don't know what she was cooking. I didn't even think it was possible to use that much paprika. I have a jar of paprika in my kitchen that is like older than Isaac, I'm sure. Because wow. I you just I just use it to sprinkle yeah. it on stuff or whatever, right? But somehow she completely emptied my whole thing of paprika and uh, it never got replaced. So that that is the one that bugs me the most. I, I have to say. always found that with roommates when you weren't related to them because Mm. when you're related to them somehow it works out well because you can tell you can tell them to where to stick it if you need to because they're your siblings but i think maybe also because you're generally eating the same things you're sharing meal prep Mm. and and still eating like a family right so if, for instance, your sister used all of the paprika to make you supper, it wouldn't be a big deal because you right. get the supper out of and it. We just, and we just put it on the list and right. say, we need paprika and split the cost and call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. I had a roommate who was very cheap. And I mean, I'm pretty cheap, too. So <laughs> for me to see someone else's cheap, I think that's. Oof. But uh, we, I remember we had pizza together and her sister came over and I think her sister actually bought the pizza. So then I asked like after the sister had gone, what, what do I owe you? Yeah. And she had calculated like down to the slice how much I would owe. <gasps> and I just thought that was a little weird. Like, First of all, your sister bought it. You didn't. And (laughs) it's just like 23 cents. Hey, okay. I'll I'll give you, you know, whatever. 
$9.23. Okay. So, so, but here's the thing though. You get one, you get a, say you get a large pizza. There's three people. One person eats two pieces. The other two piece people eat three pieces. Should it be split in threes or should you pay per slice? Like I, I'm not opposed to the pay per slice scenario here. For sure. Yeah. I, I just, I have no idea how <laughs> it was calculated. I just remember it was always very precise. Mm, it was she never... must've done really, really well in calculus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she did. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That was the thing that I always kind of found hard with roommates as you would. We often didn't buy groceries communally, but you would think, oh, I have this in the fridge. I'm going to make that. And then you'd look and it's not there anymore. Right. Or you try to make something uh, with paprika and they've used your paprika. (laughs) Exactly. How many times? If I had a dollar for every time I didn't have paprika, I could have paid for my pizza slices. (laughs) (sighs) Man. that's fair was there a transition period when you and dan got married like was it okay living with him i think that it all went quite smoothly i, I can't think of anything traumatic no <laughs> well okay we did realize very early on in our marriage that we could not share blankets oh okay yeah. he is a burrito lover like he's like <laughs> of blankets he likes to just get in and like a blanket burrito into them and okay. get completely tucked in and have stuff tucked between his legs and all of that and I tend to get too hot so I need to have one leg out yeah or maybe a leg and an arm out and I I like to have things kind of loose so that I can either move around or, yeah I can yeah. either add more heat or get more cool depending on the moment right but he would burrito the blankets up so I'd have maybe six inches left. Oh. So that's then I'd either be freezing cold. I'd also have to like burrito just to like keep some. And I just thought, you know what? This is far too much work to be doing at night. I'm let's just have our own blankets. Yeah. And it worked to this day. We still have our own blankets. That's Plus, good. I mean, it's a good it's a good solution, right? Yeah. I don't know why more people don't do this. Do you when... think people do this? I don't know. I think they must have figured that out already. Okay. I feel like we were blazing new trails with this. <laughs> I mean, you probably were at the time. <laughs> when I when I was married, at the very, very beginning, my husband had a water bed. <gasps> like, this was like mid-2000s. And there was a water bed. And... I, I slept in it a few times. I'm like, I can't do this. First of all, you keep it way too high up. And also, I get like motion sickness. Well, it wasn't really the motion sickness thing, but the what? Yeah, the waterbed was a no go for me. Oh. I don't. So that didn't last very long. I've never slept on one with someone else. They're not. It's not great. I don't know how that would work, but I know that the one time that I was staying with someone and they had a waterbed. And I was using that while I was visiting. I would keep trying to like jump around in bed by myself to get the wave action going. Cause I thought <laughs> I just want to be like sloshing all night long. And I was right. surprised that it actually kind of like when you're just one person, it sort of settles down. You're not really riding the wave all night long, but I really right. wanted to, you know, when I was when, growing up, my parents had a water bed, but, and, and this was like the 80s. So it was okay to have a water, like most people have a water bed. 
it wasn't like the mid 2000s it was okay it wasn't embarrassing <laughs> it wasn't embarrassing to have a waterbed but they had they had something they had like another layer or something like that so that there wasn't as much movement uh-huh. like they had they had an there was like an additional i don't even know what it is like, it was like, like baffles or something yeah something like that so that it wasn't it wasn't like you know, it didn't make you seasick when you're like one big whoopee cushion full of water. <laughs> whoopee cushion full of water. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And you would get seasick, hey? Like you would actually get kind of nauseous from sleeping. No, not these? really. Oh. Not really. I <laughs> I just I just said that for dramatic effect. Well, but it I would worked. be surprised because I've I I am prone to motion sickness and I have been known recently to mildly throw up when I've been the passenger seat in a car. Oh no! Yeah, it's very. I feel it's not very good. That sucks. So fares. Oh no way! Rides. No, no, I don't. Yeah. I'm not. I am not your person to take to the rides. I I I mean, I I'm okay on like the Ferris wheel. Yeah, but and merry-go-round basically kids rides i'm okay on kids rides (laughs) but i will just avoid them i will watch you i will cheer you on as you go on the (laughs) scariest roller coaster i will be there for you but i will not i will not be there with you i will be on the ground cheering you on holding jackets and purses i will be yeah absolutely I remember when I was little, I really loved going on all the rides, the tilt-a-whirl and what have you. But as I've gotten older, I can't do it anymore. Like, I will be green for the rest of the day. Yeah. Just from one tilt-a-whirl ride. Not happening. But I don't find roller coasters bad because they're not going in that centrifugal motion kind of situation. They're going generally straight-ish. I will hold your purse while you go on the roller coaster. Okay. I can't do it. No. Well, but could you ever? Um, I didn't like roller coasters because they went so fast. Mm-hmm. I I think, I don't think I've been on more than three in my lifetime. Okay. But I remember one summer I went to the Red River Act in oh, Winnipeg yeah. mm-hmm. and I went on one called the Rotor. And basically you stand up, it's this big circle thing and you stand up against the wall and, the, and it starts going really fast and the oh, floor yeah. jumps out and you stick to the freaking wall. I that, that, but I never I, would go on it. I did not do well on that ride. That's really poorly planned because if someone throws up, the vomit is going to get on everybody. Oh, I didn't throw up on the ride. Oh. I threw up afterwards, but think about that. Like that's just... Oh man. Oh man. That's not good. No. That reminds me though, when I was a kid, I was always curious about those swings, you know, those big swings that would yeah. swing around. Never went on one until we went to I think it was was it Canada's Wonderland in Montreal? No, that's it's in, in Toronto. Toronto. Okay, so this was like a six flags, but it has a French name. In Montreal. Okay. And we went on one of those things. And I really liked that. I was afraid I was going to lose my shoes. But other than that, <laughs> it actually was okay. I didn't get okay. sick from it. I wasn't afraid of heights. It was quite relaxing, actually. A good experience. Yeah. That one I can oh. still do as an adult. But nothing else. No, thank no. you. No, thank you. Don't need no. to do it else but I have heard though that as you get older your inner ear is what makes you not able to handle that spinning stuff so well 
Interesting. I, I think I've heard that as well. Gotta love getting older. Yeah. Just another wonderful benefit. <laughs> well, I think that's it for today. Okay. I will talk to you again soon. Sounds great. Give Bye, Laura Lee. Squeeze for me. I will. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you enjoyed it and will subscribe to our podcast to catch future episodes. Please follow us on Instagram at betterwithfriends.pod or email us at betterwithfriends at outlook.com. We would really love to connect with you. Until next time. 